This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. Cliffcentral.com. It is Friday morning. This is Sex Talk with John T. Searle. This is Unradio. This is Unscripted. And this morning, this is without a doubt absolutely uncensored. So we are waiting to connect on Skype with a beautiful, beautiful woman in a very, very exciting field of bondage. So, any questions that you have about the art of sensual bondage, the connection between bondage and sexuality, WhatsApp us on 079-748-2090. Love to hear about your experiences. Um, something that we worked with and developed at Sexpo a couple of years ago. Um, and it's a fascinating combination, bringing two seemingly very separate worlds together in the most beautiful way and seemingly separate because they're both about sensation, about possibility, about expanded pleasure. And in the space, an incredible amount of things happen that's often very, very healing, it's very releasing, it's very empowering, incredibly erotic experience to give as well as to receive. Um, and offers the most amazing possibilities of, of pleasure. It allows you go, to go to different spaces inside of yourself, very different roles. Um, it really expands your erotic repertoire, enormous teaching in how to touch in the buildup of Energy of how energy moves in the body. I heard somebody cough. It's me. <laughs> ah, there we are. Good morning, Jaylee. Well, it's a good night for you. Yes, it's midnight. Yes, nice, nice to meet you, finally, Jonty. Absolutely. So we connect a little while ago, um, and thank you for sharing this with us. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful platform. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so I'm so delighted to be here, and I'm, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about your story about combining yeah. the two at Sexpo. Yeah. How did you do that? Yeah. So we got to do something else first. So let's see if okay. you are smart and wide awake at twelve at night. There. <laughs> Chocolate starfish. Today's dirty dictionary word is four G. Dirty dictionary word. 4G. Any idea what a 4G might be? You're asking me. Um, I would 
guess that it would be an orgy containing four people. There we go. Absolutely spot on. That's an easy one. Thank you. Really <laughs> cool. So tell us the story of Bondasage. How did you come to this? Sure. Um, well, I've been kinky my whole life. I mean, I can't remember a time where I wasn't kinky. And um, and I explored that in, in many different ways, but mainly as a as a dominant or as a top with my with my boyfriends or my partners. Um, in 1989, I went to massage school for Japanese massage and um, started working. I started volunteering with visiting nurses hospice in San Francisco, where I lived. Uh, many people were dying of AIDS in the 90s, so I did that for a few years. Um, I moved to Santa Cruz, and you know, and I continued to do massage, and I continued to play with kink in my in my um, personal life. And when I moved to Santa Cruz, it was just kind of serendipity. I, I had heard that uh, my rent was going to get raised $500, so I put an ad on Craigslist as a professional dominant and I got 28 phone calls that day and 300 phone calls that month. And I was often kind of running, running, doing professional domination. I had, you know, I, I knew how to do scenes. I wasn't sure about how to do the business, but I, I knew how to do the scenes. Um, and I was a very heavy sadist. I liked playing very heavy in corporal with corporal, with sensation play, with, you know, cock and ball play, nipple play. Um, but I was really missing the massage element, the touch mm. element. And I adore erotic massage and I've studied it for years and years. And, um, and so I, one day I just decided to start combining the two and I got some really, really great feedback. And, um, I, came up with two different names. One was massage and the other one was bondage. And I asked a couple of people and bondage was the one. And, and, you know, I, I, um, offered it to, uh, locally and I got a huge response and people were coming out from New York to come see me and up from LA and they wanted me to go up to San Francisco. And so I brought all my stuff up there. Bondage has a lot of tchotchke tools and toys and things like that. Um, and I brought, my things up to uh, my friend Eve Minax's place and said, you know, fuck this. <laughs> and my whole, my whole business model is kind of based on fuck this. Um, it was just too much to schlep. So I started, uh, I said, you know, I need to start training other people. So in 2000 and at the end of 2008, I launched this in, in June June 2008 or July 2008. And by the end of the year, I started training people in it. And a few years later, I started taking some of those practitioners who I felt um, uh, were capable of presenting the work and staying true to the sequence because I created a sequence for bondage. Um, and um, I started training trainers, and then they started expanding it um, around the world. So um, I have Liana Galand in Taronga in um, Australia. I have uh, Goddess Cleo in London. I have a couple people, a couple trainers up in Canada, and about twenty people in in the United States. And we have about we've trained about two hundred and eighty people so far. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love that phrase yeah. that you used. I was a happy sadist. Yes, yeah, it is very happy sadist. Absolutely, yes. it's really wonderful. 
So it's a world that brings so many things together and creates so many possibilities. Because I find that the more that I play with that, um, the more things open and expand in terms of sensation, in terms of, of things that you can use. Um, and it just offers people such an expansion of, of their erotic possibilities, mm-hmm. giving and receiving. Absolutely, I agree. Um, last year we created, um, you know, we even I wrote the book on bondage a few years ago. It was 2012. Um, and last year uh, we created a couple of online courses. One, The Art of Bondage expands on the book. Um, and uh, involves some explorations and has curated uh, shopping list of the things that I really recommend because, as you know, as it, I'm sure you've probably done the same thing, but you know, BDSM things are expensive yeah. and they're and and oftentimes they don't work as well as I want them to. So I want people to save some money and and, and learn off of my mm. learn from my experience. Um, so I created the art of bondage, and then um, uh, later on last year we created the um, advanced video course, which complements and supports that. And there's like a hundred over a hundred videos, and so we put all the. Um, erotic massage videos in there. Eve came in and did some uh, uh, short video demonstrations on uh, some variations on uh, collaring and cuffing ceremonies. Um, we go into different bondage ties and sensation play and safety and all sorts of, all sorts of things because bondage can be as large or as small as you like it to be. I think the, for me, the crucial part is some type of restraint, sensory deprivation with um, a blindfold. I really highly recommend um, wireless headphones or head- headphones connected to specially selected music. Over the years, I've compiled, you know, dozens of hours of music, and people can access that on Spotify um, if they want to hear what we play. And um, so those three are the components. I found that, you know, working with clients and even in, in my own experience too, restraining and blindfolding kind of isn't enough to get some people out of their head and into their body. It really, the addition of the wireless headphones really helps the receiver to drop down deep into their body and start to explore and feel all the sensations and go on this journey. The music that we choose for Bondage has uh, non-English lyrics. The Bondage music is a little bit um, more upbeat. It has a beat because in Bondage, at one point, we like to do some body percussion, a.k.a. corporal punishment, but it's more body percussion because it's all very light and sensual, so flogging and light spanking and things like that. Um and, uh, yeah, so the, the crucial things I think for bondage is just some kind of restraint, uh, sensory deprivation. I love the headphones. And then just a couple of sensation toys, you know, and you can find these anywhere around your house. You can raid your kitchen and raid your bathroom and you can get some amazing, amazing sensation toys, um, vibrating electric toothbrushes, uh, that you can get at the drugstore are, Fabulous for really fun, 
vibrating sensation play. Oftentimes people don't know what it is because they can't see the toys. That's mm. another um, fun thing about bondage is you don't need to spend a lot of money on uh, beautiful things because sometimes the most mundane things can be the most effective. So, um, you know, combs or forks or whisks or makeup brushes, um, uh, you know, your hands. Absolutely. You have so much uh, potential talent in your hands that you can use for, for this type of percussion too. Yeah. And that's an important thing for people to understand is that it often is quite simple to have these really amazing experiences yeah. just with a little bit of thought and creativity and, and preparation. I mean, a while ago, Absolutely. a while ago at a pharmacy, I found uh, an amazing paddle. That's actually a foot scraper. Uh-huh. So, yeah. it's, so it's a beautiful shape that's perfect for, for paddling, and it has the added sensation of, of having that rough little kind of sandpaper thing in the middle. Right. It's right. really gentle stuff. on different parts of the body. And that was really mm-hmm. simple and really cheap at a, at a pharmacy. Absolutely, yeah. Um, at Christmas time, we were finding a lot of things. Uh, Target, which is a, a chain store out here, had fake fur wine bags. And I thought, oh, that would be perfect for the mm. people who are vegan and didn't want to use the fur mitts. Um, at Ikea, they have these shoehorns that are the perfect spankers. Um, so it, learning bondage, and I've heard this over and over from, from the people that I've worked with, it really opens your eyes to different possibilities. Mm. You will walk into a cookware store or walk into a hardware store with just fresh eyes and say, oh, I wonder what I can do with this scrubby thing. Or I wonder what I can do with, you know, this chamois, which is yeah. supposed to be for your car window. How can I use this in a kinky way? So, yeah, yeah it's, it's really fun. Yeah. So we have a big chain of hardware stores here called Builder's Warehouse. And they mm-hmm. become um, amazing shopping places. Yeah. And yeah. there's actually a, a game that I've taught couples that you play with your cell phone. And you go to a shopping mall and take a picture of something in a shop window and send the picture to your partner and talk about what you would like to do with that particular item. Oh, that's fabulous. And it, that sounds really yummy. Yeah, and it can really build up this anticipation for what's going to happen later because did you buy it and are you bringing it home and what are we going to do with it tonight? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that it could be something completely out of the context of which you had discussed. Mm, because, um, yeah. because creativity, you know, sometimes – uh, I found for myself and when I train practitioners that narrowing the amount of toys you play with really forces you to look at your toys in a different way and see how many different things you can do with this item. Yeah. For example, I had a wooden hairbrush. I used the bristles for a dry brush uh, in, in a circular motion for dry brush skin skin rub. I used the bristles as tapping. I used the back of the hand brush as a smooth sensation item. I smacked their bum with that as a really heavier spanking. Um, I turned it sideways and used it as a thumper. Um, I've taken the handle, put a condom on it, and used it internally. So you can get a lot of different, uh, you know, if you just start to narrowing the limit of what you're playing with and see how many different, excuse me, see how many different ways you can use your toys. Yeah, and that's it's really fun. It's fantastic that because it really forces you to expand the way that you look at at what you have yeah. and your body. And that's I think yeah. such a beautiful thing is when you start looking at the body differently, you start to yeah. see some very different possibilities. 
Absolutely. And for me, doing a lot of massage and body work and teaching a lot, one of the most amazing things becomes positioning the body differently. Mm-hmm. And very often we think, so somebody has to be lying down, but they don't always. Because no. standing and sitting offer incredible possibilities. And every time you move somewhere, you see a different perspective and you see your mm-hmm. partner in ways that you've never seen them before. Absolutely. In in a lot of my S&M sessions, I would have, uh, you know, use the sensory deprivation and have people standing. However, I had a couple of experiences because I like the room warm where they get uh, lightheaded, especially if your hands are above their head. So I ended up starting to have people kneel on my massage table mm-hmm. underneath whatever I was, um, uh, you know, suspending them yeah. from. And that was help, more helpful for me and and gave them more of a sense of security because, you know, if somebody passes out and uh, is dropping with their full weight on you, you know, you've got to you've got to really deal with that uh, in the moment, and that's 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 not fun. But bondage, yeah. we do bondage on the table. We do bondage on the yeah. massage table. And yeah. one of for me, one of the most amazing additions for that are the liberator cushions. You know, the wedges. Yes. Yeah. Um, Because they allow for so much amazing body access for men and women. Yes. And then I take my, um, and I show this in in the uh, Art of Bondage, in the video course. Um, I've taken my massage table and I drilled um, holes down the sides and I put eye bolts in so that I have Mm -hmm. more places to tie ropes to. So that if I want to tie the body in a different way, perhaps say if they're, limber and um, perhaps their face up, I can tie their knees out to the side in kind of a frog leg position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just, it gives me a lot of variety. Yeah. And that's amazing because simply changing the position of the body and putting somebody in that creates a very different body awareness. Mm-hmm. It really highlights certain areas of the body, like it opens certain creases that a lot of times we're not aware of. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The sits bones underneath. And, you know, in, in, I created a sequence with bond massage, um, and I teach everybody the sequence and then they are free afterwards to make it their own. Um, however, the sequence that I created with bond massage is a 90 minute sequence and it's an hour face down and a half an hour face up. Mm. And so mm. when I teach it, I, I teach that it's important to put somebody in a comfortable position because they're going to be face down for a long time and, I don't want the receiver to be worried about, oh, God, my, you know, my legs are a little bit too far, you know. So I, I, you know, really teach the practitioners to watch the body, watch how the person is processing the sensations, um, be tuned into their energy. And, um, and so we don't do a lot of changing of positions in bondage. However, bondage happens to be a modality where people come back over and over and over again. I just had a client lovely client who, who passed away um, a couple months ago and he had seen me 99 times and every time was different. So, you know, every time we do, we do a different tie or we'd start differently. And um, Bondage, once you learn a few things, you can do so many different things with it. And, and there is really no right way or wrong way to do it, especially if couples are doing it, you know, uh, with each other. And um, the point is just to be present and connected and um, enjoy the sensations and, and be aware of, um, you know, the receiver's energy. One trick I, I see, I work with a lot of men and, and men can 
be stoic at times. Women too, but, but men can be stoic. And so I might be doing something and I'm not getting any reaction to it. And this happens a lot in body work as well. Um, but I noticed that if I'm watching their feet and their toes, if I'm doing something like some flogging or some spanking or paddling or something, and I'm bringing it, I'm increasing the intensity, I can watch their toes and see how I'm doing, even if the rest of their body doesn't change. So that's a little tell to kind of um, uh, just gauge how things are going. Yeah. There's always a, a little sign somewhere. And that's, mm-hmm. yes, it's, it's, it's yeah. That's one of the things about about presence and really being focused. And, and these kind of experiences increase your presence with your partner. And even if you're doing this professionally, um, as opposed to often with other massage, you kind of drift off and you come back. But the the presence of this and, and the presence that it requires is amazing. And it really gives you a very different connection with people. It really deepens that in, in the intimacy of it and paying that much attention to your partner to their body and learning these different signs becomes an incredible expression of of intimacy and love Mm -hmm. in that and it's it's a wonderful way to explore um how the body reacts to different things i've had people come in and say you know i don't like pokey things but then the way i do the wardenberg wheel they might like it Mm. you know or they might like it on a certain type part of their body so um it's an exploration yeah, definitely. And um, and also as the giver and as the receiver, if you're going to talk about kink dynamics or S&M dynamics or, or dominant submission dynamics, the giver can either come from a, a dominant position where I'm going to do with your body what I want because that feels good to me. Um, or you can come from a I am serving you and this this is this is a journey for your pleasure or a combination of the both mm. you know a combination of both and um yeah and receiving can be the same way you can you can receive passively you can receive um kind of as a submissive you can set up the the scene the scenario so that you know I want this 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 and this um and you can kind of run the scene from the from the table as well too if, if that makes sense yeah that's very much an organic relationship so both partners are are expanding and growing correct and that's that's really beautiful in in the learning of that so a big focus of mine is well the focus of almost all my work is very much the healing component and mm-hmm. i find that that these experiences are often incredibly healing and empowering for for people so most of my work is is with women um, mm-hmm. and the the healing that comes from being able to go deeply into sensation for being given permission and giving themselves permission um, to have the fullness of the experience is enormous mm-hmm. I agree mm. I agree and cathartic mm. and mm. Uh, an experience like bondage can be or tends to be uh, almost trance like you know people go so yeah, very much deep so. Um, and afterwards, I've had women giggle and laugh hysterically. I've had men sob. Um, and, uh, but pretty much across the board, people are pretty nonverbal after a session. You know, after, at the end of a session, we wrap them up similarly to what, what they do in, uh, sexological body work. So we wrap people up in a cocoon and sit with them and, and, and 
keep our, keep my hands on them until they um, kind of go down and then come back up and then stay with them as they get back to their body. But it 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 is a very cathartic, very um, profound uh, experience. Yeah, and, and that- things can come up afterwards, especially in body related, you know, uh, body work, that type of thing. You know, many things will come up days after. So. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it brings an enormous amount to the surface. And often a seemingly simple experience goes so deep that it can take a couple of weeks of processing um, the issues yeah. that, that come up. And the interesting thing that I found was when we started doing this at, at Sexpo, and we totally did it with, with volunteers, with people who were interested in having the experience, and doing mm-hmm. it in a public space became mm-hmm. incredible because the people watching became entranced, and this energy exchange that happened created this incredible cocoon for people having the experience to go so deep, often deeper than, than in a private session. How wonderful. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was really fascinating to watch and to be doing this in front of, of 50, 60, 100 people, um, <laughs> even more, was it was entrancing. And to be able to show people the fact that – because the perception is that, that bondage or S&M play is only about pain – And to be able to show them the sensuality and the mixture of that. And that for me has always been the power is, is the sensuality. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And you can torture somebody with light touch just as much as you can with, with even, even more so. Energetic touch, the, you know, the, the tease, the denial, the bringing them close, you know, it really is Mm. just a wonderful roller coaster ride. And that's for me, one of the, most beautiful thing is is that it's so much more of an energy experience mm-hmm. manifesting in the physical way that the connection mm. is so much deeper and that it simply becomes this expression of energy moving through the body absolutely and and you're energetically connected because you're not getting verbal feedback from the person on the table right so you need to energetically connect with uh, your partner and be able to Telling your body what's going on with theirs, you know, so that's that's a very um, uh, incredible way to create connection and, and deeper yeah. the intimacy between two people. Yeah. It's, it's it's very sweet. Yeah, and very sweet. And there's an idea that I teach in in sensual massage is very much that in the giving, there is the most incredible power of of receiving. Mm-hmm. going into yourself yeah. and this is a space that allows that even more and because of, of of the presence and the fact that you have to be so present during this absolutely so it becomes an, an amazing experience for the giver incredibly um, personal and profound and powerful and often will be an amazing reflection of what's happening inside of you as the giver mm-hmm. where your blockages mm-hmm. are where your withholds are um, how mm-hmm. deep you're willing to go into yourself is the depth you're willing to allow your partner or the place that you'll take them to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, what, you fe- right. what you fear in that space is what will come out and um, will often be reflected in the play. That's interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, that's really, really amazing. Um, in, in the journey of this, what has awoken within you that was never there before? Mm, 
more compassion, I think. I think more compassion for men. Um, I had a lot of anger towards men. I, I, I love men, and I also had a lot of anger towards men in particular and the patriarchy and all that. And and doing bond dressage and doing sensual domination and connecting in a sensual way has really opened my heart to see how beautiful these men are and how tender they are, you know, and, and, and I so respect their um, ability to come to somebody that they don't know and, and offer themselves up to experience this, Mm. you know, the amount, the level of trust, you know, or, or exploration or adventure or whatever Um, uh, to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm touched and honored um, you know, as a woman, I would not go to a man that I didn't know and, and, uh, you know, that I hadn't worked with before and experienced this. So, um, so, um, I think just my heart has been kind of broken open and, and really healed some anger I had against, uh, you know, towards men in general, um, from decades from, you know, early on. And so that's been really healing for me. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, interesting in South Africa, being a very conservative country sexually and, uh, you know, being very repressed where pornography and erotica were outlawed for so long. Um, and even in a discussion with friends the other night, we were talking, there was a magazine here called Scope. And their thing was they would have pictures of these nude women with black squares over nipples and, and over genitals. And then their big expansion was these actually became scratch off squares. Oh, <laughs> you know where you you would take a coin like on a, on a lottery card and you'd be able to scratch that off. Um, and yet, there's anything that's repressed comes out in in very aberrant ways. So we have this inc- incredible proliferation of of massage parlors and and, and brothels in South Africa. Um, and for me, it's always kind of one of the sadness, sad things about that is that we can't, well, more and more we can, and now we can openly is offer people these experiences of a, and I don't want this to come across in a, in a judgmental way, but a much higher level of experience mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. just kind of a, like a, a tickle and a jerk off massage. Right, right. And how is kink represented in South Africa? How how is is that has BDSM been around forever? Has it is it relatively new? Well, it's been uh, around for Africa? a long time, um, and it's a, it's a reasonably small community that is growing. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that had big impact here was was the movie and the book of Fifty Shades. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as bad as it was, and we've had lots of discussions about how terrible it was. But it brought a lot of stuff into the open. You know, I remember getting on a plane once to go down to, to Cape Town to teach. It's a, a city that's about two hours flight from here. And um, walking down the aisle and, and seeing three women reading the book in public. <laughs> I know 20 years ago that would have never happened. No. I know. And, and that was and I a, think this, a big this thing. is really amazing that we live in this time, you know, um, S&M and and. Fifty Shades for whatever has really opened the door and brought BDSM and other other things too. It's been out for a while here, especially in the United States, but it's it's become more way more mainstream, so it's not so radical. Hmm. Um, and when I created Bondage, I thought that the BDSM players 
who were looking for a more erotic touch would be the ones that would resonate with bondage. But the people that came for bondage were people that had experienced tantra or sensual massage mm. that wanted to dip their toes in the kiki waters, but they didn't want to go to a professional dominatrix because it's too scary and it's going to hurt. Right. So bondage is a great kinky sampler play. You get to try a lot of different um, a lot of different uh, aspects of BDSM within within one session, and then um, and then again, it's great for repeat mm-hmm. for for multiple sessions because once I realize what your body responds to, then I can focus more on those types of toys or those types of sensations mm-hmm. or that type of massage stroke or whatever, and we can go deeper into that. Yeah, and that's amazing when we can start to look at experiences like this almost as as spiritual and and energy practices in a way Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. like you go to yoga for example and over time you really start to understand the benefits of yoga and that only happens by going regularly by going deeper by learning a little bit more and allowing your body to do that and we i think never really looked at at a lot of sexual experiences particularly with a with a sex professional in the same Mm -hmm. way that it becomes mm-hmm. a, a practice of healing, of growth, of learning, of experience. Mm-hmm. And the more that we do that, the deeper we'll go into that and see the amazing benefits um, that start out as an erotic experience but expand into something so much more. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you can read about it all you want and you can watch videos but there is nothing like embodying it. It's Absolutely. nothing you don't learn it. I mean, you don't get it until you until you experience it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the more that you experience it giving and receiving, um mm-hmm. the more you see what it is and the possibilities from it. Yeah. And that's the absolute beauty of it. Good. Yeah. And that's really Really amazing that it is this endless exploration because there is no limit to pleasure. Correct. And I love Correct. that. And and seeing different things wake up on a body that were never that sensitive before. And all of a sudden as energy starts to flow, oh, wow, this is a whole new world of possibility. And bondage is a, you know, it, it, it's a process and not, there's, there's not really a goal. I mm. mean, there can be within the time constraints and things like that, but you can do bondage as long or as little as you want. One thing, uh, when the person's on the table, tend to lose all sense of time. So, you know, a 20 minute session could feel like two hours. Mm. And, you know, yeah. So, um, and, and it's wonderful for taking, a, uh, for getting away from that goal oriented kind of sexual encounter where it's getting off and having the orgasm and how many orgasms can you have? It's how long can I enjoy this? How much more pleasure can I experience? How much more can I contain? How can I breathe it and move it around the body? Um, and 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 that becomes just such a really beautiful exploration. Yeah. It's one of the prime principles that I teach almost everybody in every workshop is to get out of that goal of <laughs> orgasm because it becomes yeah. such a trap in a way. And orgasms are wonderful. Yeah. And I work yeah. with a lot of women who don't have orgasms, who want to have deeper orgasms and internal orgasms and are not, and the healing of that. And it's fantastic. And orgasms really are wonderful. But they also become a trap in terms of if that's all that we're focusing on, then that's right. where we go. And we simply go into a pattern. Right. 
And then the judgment that we put on, on, on an experience is that's the criterion for a successful experience instead of saying it's actually about pleasure and intimacy mm-hmm. and connection and energy and all of those things, not um, just the yes. orgasm. Yeah. And, and the possibility of expanding sensations gives us that in, in a really beautiful way. Absolutely. That's a huge thing. And especially for men to learn that, to get out of that pattern of orgasm. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of, um, you know, edging and, and tease and denial, bringing the energy up and bringing it back down. Part of um, the, the way I set up bond massage was I do a little bit of massage, a little bit of kink play. So it's it's bringing up the energy and then it's spreading out through the body. So you do, you're doing, um, you know, some basic massage strokes and things, and then you go and do some more erotic work and, and kinky work and bring the energy up and then spreading it out through the body. So there always is this kind of ebb and flow. Um, and, and, and I found that that, especially taking time and going slow enough to helps allow for so much more expansion for the receiver to, um, experience and embody more pleasure and, and more energy. Yeah. And that's, that's, just such an important idea and so many of these ideas are so simple in mm-hmm. a lot of ways mm-hmm. yeah i mean i didn't come up with it i mean tyson tyantes has been around forever you know i just um i just took my basic japanese massage sequence and my basic kind of diagnostic bdsm sequence um that i would uh, have that I would you know give to people when if they've never been to a uh, if they've never experienced BDSM kind of had a diagnostic where I would put a lot of, you know throw a lot of different things at them to see what their bodies responded to mm-hmm. and I really love playing with my my thing is I'm not a verbal dominatrix I don't do the psychological dominance and submission I really love to play with the body mm-hmm. and I found that it's easier for me to play with the body if I can get you out of your head. So I'm not talking to you. You're not looking at me. You're going deep into your body and I'm playing with you and your energy from that space. Yeah. So I so relate to that because mm-hmm. so much of my work is, is body related and always has been. And that for me is, is the real beauty and the power. I absolutely. And also, that. I don't know, if, I don't know if you find this, but I, I, I do better work when I don't talk. You know, even when I was doing therapeutic massage for 30 years, you know, I, I, I found that, I mean, people, I'll do whatever they want, you know, for a therapeutic, if they want to talk, that's, that's fine. A lot of people need to just talk and chatter and get the stuff out of their head before they finally settle down. But, um, you know, I do better work and they receive a better experience, um, in kind of in silence if I'm, if you're not engaging in you know verbal and, and talking and listening and if you're not up in your head yeah uh, in my yeah. practice it's kind of a mixture that that the talking part of, of any session will be very separate to the body work yeah and mm-hmm. that's where the energy really shifts that's where the release happens mm-hmm. and then the mind becomes important in understanding it putting it in a context making the connections but the shift mm-hmm. and the release happens in the body Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. and that's where the magic is. Yeah, that's where the magic is. Yeah. And I love that. And it's, it's such an honor to be able to, to do this work in that way with people. It's always so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And how beautiful. So how did, you, how did you get started with kink? Was that part of, you know, just kind of your makeup or were you drawn to it or how, how did that manifest for you? Yeah, I think it was always there to, mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, 
I mean, the very first probably paragraph of, of pornography that I ever read, it was a, a book that was in my father's cupboard. It was this hidden thing. And mm-hmm. um, on the first page of this book was a paragraph from the book. And I read it so many times that to this day, I mean, I'm 50, 52, 53 years old now. And um, it was about 12 or 13 when I read that. That to this day, I probably remember most of that paragraph, and it was very much about a a, a domination scene. Um, mm-hmm. And that just touched something inside of me. So I think it was always there. And that's an interesting, interesting idea, is that I think a lot of our sexuality is there from so young. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It was and, for me. You know, it definitely was for me. And have you experienced this, Jaunty? Have you been on the table and experienced this type of work? And how is that for you? I have had very little experience because there's not a lot of people here who are doing this. Yeah. Um, so I've had more bondage experiences. Um, and for me, the sensual bondage is incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, the deepest experience was where I was, uh, uh, my feet were put in clamps. I was on a spreader bar. I was winched upside mm-hmm. down and mm-hmm. there were about six people touching me. So it was <sighs> all of these amazing hands on my body. And then there was ice. There was some wax. There was very, very gentle flogging. Um, mm-hmm. and that took me to this, this space of incredible expansion and meditation that lasted for about two or three hours after I was taken down. Yeah, it's very profound. Yeah, and it was actually an experience that was not sexual or arousing at all. Mm-hmm. It was just this incredible, beautiful honoring and love and sensation. And at no time during it was I actually that aroused or turned on. But the power of it was one of the deepest um, experiences ever. Isn't that a great secret that you can get profound transformation without? Um, you know, without the traditional goal-oriented, goal um, just by sensation, just by sensation play yeah. and just by, by dropping into your body and experiencing yeah. this, yeah? yeah? And including genitals in an experience like that and in a sensual bondage experience, but not taking that to an orgasm. Correct. So not leaving anything out because often we draw more attention by omission than by mm-hmm. inclusion, Right. That if we leave something out immediately, it's like, ah, that's where the focus is. Mm-hmm. Now, when are you going to touch this? When are you going to touch it. that? That's it. Mm-hmm. I remember going somewhere for a massage once. It was a long time ago. It was a health spa. And I walked into the room and I took the towel I was wearing off and I put it on the floor. And this young woman walked in to give me the massage. And she put the towel on top of me and I chucked it mm-hmm. on the floor. And eventually I said to her, <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to make a pass at you. I don't want you to touch my genitals. I'm not interested in anything sexual. I would just like to be nude during the massage. And she couldn't deal with this. This was totally foreign because of she might have had bad experiences in the past. She might have been so conditioned and taught that this has to be covered up. Yeah. And eventually she took two two sheets of, of, of paper towel, kind of kitchen towel, and put them on the cheeks <laughs> of my bat. Um, and then when I turned over, she immediately covered my genitals with this paper towel. And yeah. it's just the separation of your body, you know, this breaking up of this beautiful landscape of skin. Right. That's always fascinating. That even just a stroke... 
that includes the genitals, that's not about sex, makes such a difference. Because mm-hmm. we, we've separated our genitals. We've so disconnected from them and put them in this context of, of they come out in very specific circumstances and they can only be touched in this way and then we put them away again. Correct. And isn't it beautiful to start exploring all these different ways? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That are not always directly sexual or more about sexual energy. They're just building a little bit of that sexual energy to spread it through the body and use it in a bigger scale. So where around the world is bondage at the moment? We have um, in the United States, in Canada, in Australia, in London, we're training a new practitioner in Sweden. Um, in a couple weeks. Um, and so, Jaunty, when you come out to America, you have to come get trained in it. I would love that. <laughs> it would be beautiful to I share a platform you with it. you. Yeah. That would be really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. You ever get to the States? I haven't yet, but I'd love to. I'd love to come and teach there. Um, there's a lot of people that I have been chatting with in the world of Tantra, of conscious sexuality. Um, I spent some time talking to a, a fantastic therapist specializing in, in kink and fetish play. I don't know if you know him, Galen Fuss. Oh, yeah, Galen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had some really great conversations. Um, oh, good. So really cool. Um, let's go somewhere different because we just got a question mm-hmm. from one of our listeners who wants to know about yoni eggs. His wife wants to get one and wants to know the benefits of yoni eggs. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's not my expertise, so I don't know that I should really comment on this. I've certainly um, practiced with yoni eggs, and I found an incredible healing with yoni eggs. It's not part of Andesage, and it's not something that I feel um, confident to teach or to really comment on. Do you have experience, Jaunty, with yoni eggs and showing women how to how to use yoni eggs or, or working with them? Not very much. Um, so the only thing that I would say is is that if you do a web search on the benefits, you'll you'll come up with some interesting things. And a lot of them will help with kind of toning yoni muscles, with toning the vaginal muscles, um, which will give more pleasure because the more toned the muscles are, the more pleasure there will be. The one interesting thing that I have discovered is that when there's tension in the tissues of the yoni then very often just expanding it doesn't always release the tension Mm -hmm. because our body will naturally tighten up to hold on to a pain as a protection as a defense mechanism Mm-hmm. So when you do some some very gentle internal yoni massage and often link that with emotions, with some breathing, with release, then you open the tissue and after that working with the, the eggs becomes more effective. Mm-hmm. There's some very good teachers, Kim Anami, uh, A-N- Anami, A-N-A-M-I. Yes, she's I know in, who she uh, is. I think she's in Bali. She does, yeah. she does a lot of work with, mm. with Yoni eggs. Um, and and sure. Leila Martin is also doing a lot with, with Yoni, te- Yoni egg teaching. Yeah, I'm sure there is somebody here who's, who's doing some work with them. So just do a web search. But thank you for your question because it's a really 
interesting question. And the one interesting now, how can we use yoni eggs in a kinky way? Because yoni eggs have the little drilled holes at the top. You could slide a little piece of dental floss through that, and you can use the yoni egg to roll on the body. You could use it as a thumper. I mean, I'm already using it for. I'm already figuring out how many different ways I could use a yoni egg. Um, outside of the way it's supposed to be used, right? How could we use it, um, you know, within a bondage session? Yeah. So I got given a, a gift of some of the of, of a set of hot stones, you know, the hot stone massage, yeah. and yeah. those become absolutely incredible for sensual and erotic massage, and use them in in the sensual bondage massage in an amazing way. Mm-hmm. So the heat goes very deeply. Yeah. yeah, and even just the smoothness of the stones. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. So, yeah, so expanding that into into any kind of crystal, because if you go into any crystal shop, they have some incredible shaped shaped stones. Some are even kind of quite quite cock shaped that can be used, mm-hmm. um, egg shaped mm-hmm. because they're very very smooth. And then you also kind of get the energy of the crystals. Absolutely, yeah. Which can be and and do a little bit of research to charge the crystals mm. and clear them and and do that. Um, if you want to work with crystals too, yeah, and some of them can. And then again, don't put them up your bum without a big base. No. <laughs> Absolutely Very vital. Sticking things up your bum. Yes, absolutely. The first rule of anything going into the anus: make sure it's either got a really well anchored string or a really strong base. Yes. Yes. Absolutely always... important. Yeah. Does anal play form part of every bondage experience with men? In the bondage sequence that I created, it is an integral part, a little bit of external, a little bit of internal massage, and then uh, we use a device to um, a little secret device that we use within bondage. I did the bondage sequence as it's, as I created it pretty much on everybody the first time that they come and then uh, depending on how their bodies respond to it, then I, then I, you know, uh, craft each session uh, based on how they're responding to it. But yes, anal play, especially for men, um, gentle anal play. And oftentimes uh, men coming in to receive bond massage aren't quite aware that we're going to do some anal play. So it's, it, it, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, ne- not negotiation, but talk about that. Is that okay? Is it all right if I do a little bit of external anal play? Is it okay? Have you ever had any kind of internal if I do this really gently? Um, they're in a very vulnerable position and I want them to be able to open up and, um, and, and relax into this. And I don't want them to have any fear that, you know, they're tied down spread eagle. I could do anything and I, mm. and I wouldn't, but I, but I want to make sure that that trust is there. Um, that it's going to be gentle and we can always go further and deeper and harder and more intense in subsequent sessions. But I, I really tend to stay on the light side the first time through, um, unless they come in with a lot of S and M experience and, and tell me differently or, or, yeah. Yeah. It's becoming much bigger in South Africa. Um, for oh. men and women exploring, um, anal play, anal stimulation and pleasure. Um, so becoming a much bigger thing and a lot more people coming to learn it and learn anal massage, which is just such a beautiful and relaxing and releasing experience. Yes. It's so deeply yeah. emotional. Mm-hmm. Very, very Isn't this amazing that we get to do this work, which is so, which is limitless, right? I mean, there's, it's constantly expanding and you can go as deep or as wide as you want. Mm-hmm. And 
I just feel really grateful and, and humbled that I, that I'm able to do this. And, and I think I get that you do too. Yeah, that this is that. a very sacred, precious calling um, to do this work. It is. And I love the fact that it literally is limitless, that there is always so much more to learn and explore. Yes. And I read a, um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. where he talks about the fact that 10,000 hours masters a subject. And I look yeah. back at all the time that I have done and taught massage in my personal life, which I love doing um, professionally, mm-hmm. teaching it, and realized that I hit 10,000 hours quite a long time ago, but still mm-hmm. constantly learning and exploring and seeing new possibilities, new ways, um, and connecting with people like you and sharing what it is that we do and opening to, to even more possibilities. It's just, it's the most incredibly beautiful journey. It's very satisfying. Yes. Yeah, as a, as a practitioner. And at the end of every day, I'm just spend a moment of a few breaths of, of being grateful for what I've been able to share in, in, in my practice that day. Absolutely love it. Websites, contact information, where do people find more about Bondessage? Sure. Um, if they want to learn more about the online courses, because there aren't any Bondessage practitioners currently in Australia, I mean in um, South Africa, until you come out, Jaunty, um, they can go to learnbondessage.com, and that's where the online courses live. It's L-E-A-R-N-B-O-N-D is dog, A-S-S-A-G-E dot com. That's where the online courses are. And then there's bondassage dot com. Uh, so for people who are in other parts of the world who would like to go to a practitioner or go experience this, um, we have a listing of, of certified practitioners on there. That's great. Thank you. And thank you for staying up to chat with us I'm really, morning, yes. I really do appreciate it well it's nearly 11 in the morning here and it's a beautiful sunny day the temperatures are in the 30s um, so a swim and some time in the sun this afternoon I think is absolutely necessary well it's been wonderful Jaunty thank you so much for inviting me thank you and it'll be really cool to, to connect in the same physical space yeah. right, have a wonderful sleep thank you Take care. Bye-bye now. Please visit um, website www.eroslife.co.za. Lots of wonderful stuff there. And a lot of new videos up on our YouTube channel, Eros Life SA. Um, we're putting new content up every week and starting to film some amazing new stuff for this year. So please um, do that. Next week we'll have information on workshops that are coming up for the first part of this year. Um, and I wish you all so much pleasure. This is CliffCentral.com.